to be more specific, the long-spined um, sea urchin, which is uh, the, if, if for those people who like to go to the beach, and sometimes I know some people don't like to go into the water because they're afraid of things sticking them. These are one of the things that could, could potentially uh, stick you. But they're, they're apart from that, they're completely harmless to, to, to people. But they are great, and I mean very good uh, keepers of the sea. Welcome to another episode of Checkmate, a political podcast from Tenement Yard Media. My name is April and I will be your guest host for today. Today's topic is the rapid death of Caribbean sea urchins. Our guest for today is Dr. Kimani Kitson Walters. Dr. Walters has a PhD in marine sciences from UEMONA. He is also the Marine Studies Project Leader and Data Monitoring Officer at the Caribbean Netherlands Science Institute. Welcome, Dr. Walters. Yes, uh, thank you very much, uh, April, and uh, thank you to the Tenement Yard team for for having me. Okay, so a brief introduction for our listeners. There is currently a crisis in the Caribbean as it relates to the sea urchin population. Can you tell us a little bit about that situation? Uh, yes. So the uh, to be more specific, the long-spined um, sea urchin, which is uh, the if, if for those people who like to go to the beach, and sometimes I know some people don't like to go into the water because they're afraid of things sticking them. These are one of the things that could could potentially uh, stick you. But they're they're apart from that, they're completely harmless to to, to people. But they are great and i mean very good uh keepers of the sea they um most people might know about uh the the situation with coral reefs around the around the world and which is uh which is similarly happening in the caribbean uh where uh because of a lot of anthropogenic uh, effects uh, impacts um from uh, ocean pollution coastal development all of these things are, are increasing the macroalgae or increasing the, the, the vegetation on the reef. And these uh, creatures, these long-spined sea urchins, the scientific name uh, Diadema antillarum, are the, the, the keepers or of the oceans in, in a sense, in terms of the macroalgae. So they keep the macroalgae covered down. They, they viciously, I mean viciously, voraciously eat macroalgae um, to keep that at, at a low level to ensure that uh, corals and um, corals, which are very important for fish populations and, in, and very important, it's the pretty things that you see when you go diving or snorkeling. Uh, the sea urchins are very important in ensuring that the coral reefs of the Caribbean and well of the Caribbean are uh, healthy. And now uh, we're in another crisis where. Uh, a couple of years ago, well, multiple years ago, decades ago in the 80s, where uh, we had a, a, a regional die-off of the sea urchin. And uh, between now and then, there have also been localized uh, die-offs uh, throughout the region. And then now we have another regional event happening. Uh, previously, they, didn't, they, they had no idea what happened uh, before because they didn't have a, as, as advanced technology as they do now. But we're here now, along with the Diadema Response Network, trying to figure out uh, what's happening. Okay, so in your explanation just now, you touched a little bit on the follow-up question because 
we always talk about the issues with coral reefs and mangroves but a lot of persons don't know that all of these marine ecosystems are linked so the next question is what are the implications of this die-off of sea urchins on the marine biodiversity uh, yes so i mean already uh the impact on uh, of this die-off on marine biodiversity is 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 very great because most uh, uh, islands or territories around the, the region are trying to restore coral reefs, and in trying to restore coral reefs, uh, you need to there are multiple. It's a multifaceted approach. You have to ensure that water quality is is good, that there are enough herbivores on the reef that can control the macroalgae to ensure that the corals aren't. Um, uh, well, uh, aren't destroyed or their population isn't diminished. So these, uh, what these urchins do is that when they remove the macroalgae from off of the reef, they create a new uh, space for baby corals to 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 settle on these new um, clean uh, substrates, um, so that they can become uh, new corals in the future. And then also, which then attract fish and then make the reef look pretty, and also enhance uh, uh enhance tour a tourism product which uh, as we know the, the oceans not only in the tourism industry and the fishing industry but they, it supports a, a lot of people's income it sends a whole heap of people to school so it the this one urchin um is a part of a, a greater system but it, it it the the role that this urchin plays in caribbean coral reefs is is very important and if you remove that from the system it's going to be very difficult to try and um, to try and maintain the the, the the marine biodiversity or to inc to maintain the health of these coral reefs uh, in the Caribbean. Yes, so basically you're saying that the diadema and the coral reefs have a mutualistic relationship, meaning that they help to remove the macroalgal blooms that stifle the corals so the corals can grow. That's a basically summarized version of what you're saying, right? Uh, yes, exactly. All right, so can you expound on the reasons that scientists have found for the current die-off of the sea urchin population? Oh, yes. So before, in the so the the symptoms of the of 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 the the urchin no the that that's um, happening during the this current die-off are quite similar to the ones the one that happened in the early eighties. But at the time, um, uh, DNA technology as well as um, some sampling methods weren't at the level they are at now. So they still some people still don't the the consensus is there still isn't really. Um, we just still don't know the cause of what caused it in the 1980s. But now with this current die-off, uh, when we notice the, the, the pattern of the die-off, um, because the, the marine biology world is so, is, is so small and close-knit, um, where we're all friends with each other, essentially, um, as soon as one person reports a die-off, they, they send an email to a friend, and then we keep checking with everyone to see what's happening. And then we noticed, um, I think it's, uh, it started in February in the USVI, the, um, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and then uh, a few weeks later, it started on my island, Saint Eustatius, and then we noticed it on a neighboring island uh, around the same time. And then all of these uh, islands are now reporting 
uh, urchins that are, uh, even in Jamaica, urchins that are dying off at a, at a rapid pace. So the the urchin, when it becomes, uh, well, we still don't know what it becomes infected with. But fortunately, uh, as I mentioned, technology is at a level now where we're collecting samples in, in, in a specific scientific way so that we can apply these uh, methods to determine uh, what is happening to hopefully determine what is the cause of the the, 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 the die-off. Okay, so I'm glad you made reference to the 1980s sea urchin die-off that plagued the Caribbean because we wanted to know what the difference is between the die-off that's happening now and in the previous times. Is it more rapid? Is it more intense? What exactly is the link between them? Okay, so the, the the major difference between the the die-off in the 80s and the, the die-off now is that there were a lot more urchins back in the in the 80s for you to actually see a die-off because we're based on from from that die-off in the 1980s to now there are a lot of populations that still around the Caribbean of sea urchins that still haven't recovered fully. So we what we're seeing now is some of the last uh reserves or last reserve populations those populations that were able to survive in a in a small pocket on some of these islands these ones are the ones that are being affected now uh, so fortunately there there are multiple islands um puerto rico my island saint Eustatius, and another dutch caribbean island sabre that have been working and, and as well as um a lab in florida that have been working on diadema restoration methods. So the, the major difference is that we, it, we, at the time, uh, we had a lot more urchins to notice a die-off, but now we're, it, it, it's, it's even more sensitive because those populations that were able to recover, because not all the, the populations around the Caribbean have been able to recover f since that die-off in the 1980s, in addition to Small, uh, smaller localized uh, die-offs that I mentioned before in certain islands. Some islands still have not recovered. So this is a second or fourth or fifth hit that the, that the region is getting. And um, we're, luckily, we have some efforts now, some restoration efforts now, where we're collecting some of these uh, urchins to keep um, out of the, the, the sea because we suspect that the, the cause of the... Uh, die-off is uh, waterborne, so it's a it's a, wat a waterborne uh, pathogen. So we, but, but that's as as much as we know at the moment. Okay, and my follow-up question is that we know that it's affecting sea urchins in the Caribbean, but is it affecting some more than others? For example, is the Greater Antilles having a more severe die-off than in the Lesser Antilles, or is it the same across the board? Uh, the, the, thanks for that uh, question. For um, on the for anyone who who is interested, you can go you can Google uh, Diadema Response Network, and on that page, which is hosted by Agra, which is the Atlantic uh, and Gulf uh, Rapid Reef uh, Assessment Program, they actually have a map that 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 shows um, where 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 the die-offs are currently happening. So we we have uh, some some scientists and some everyday uh, normal citizen scientists that are who you know you're on vacation and you go snorkeling and you you you, you can know the it's very easy for you to distinguish uh, the diadema 
the long spine sea urchin from the other type of urchins because it's usually a lot bigger uh it's it's dark uh dark black color uh, with very long spines so we ask um those who are on vacation or who happen to be snorkeling you know you're at the beach and you you, you sometimes go in the water you you go around and to to see if you see any uh, urchins that are alive and on the diadema response uh network page you they will show you the different types of urchins uh, that are common in the caribbean but fortunately uh only the at, at this time it's only the black uh the long uh, spine sea urchin that's being affected all the other urchins seem to be fine but we're still early in the in the um the disease progression to say if we don't know if in the future the, the, the pathogen might be able to infect um, other uh, types of urchins. But for now, it's just the the long spine sea urchin, diadema. And I'm glad you described how they look because I don't think many people are aware of what sea urchins look like. Before I studied marine bio, I went to a beach and I did not notice them and I walked straight across a pavement full of them and then someone showed them to me and that's when i actually found out what a sea urchin was and yeah i didn't know i just know that they were spiky i didn't know how important they were to our coral reef system and our marine biodiversity i think a lot of people don't know people try to step on them and such yes you're you're so right because it be even myself before i even became a marine biologist before i even got my my bachelor's I didn't even know what sea urchins were, but for the for the for the for the for the listeners out there, um, I think urchins they also call them sea sea egg, I think in the Caribbean sea egg, and they're just like a a, a round um, a creature that usually has some f- form of uh, spines on them. Some of them can be very small, very tiny urchins. Some of them can be very big. There are three species that can get. Uh, 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 well, two species that can get very big, which is the diadema and another one, which is the West Indian sea egg, which is the one with white spines, but those spines aren't as uh, sharp. So you can actually pick those ones up. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's really amazing to see how diverse they are when it comes to shape, size. And just crawl around. I picked one up once. It was one of the green ones. It feels very ticklish when you hold them in your arms. I would not recommend people to just randomly pick up sea urchins, though. No, exactly. No, the, the average person should not. It, 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 they can cause a little discomfort in the hand, I guess, when, when you pick them up, because the, the spines on some of them are quite sharp. But you should, they should only be handled by a, by a professional, of course. All right. So you had previously mentioned the Diadema Response Network. Can you explain a little bit more about it, how it came about, the members that make it up, and the current research that the team is doing? Yes, so uh, as I mentioned before, the Diadema Response Network, so for for those who don't know how to spell Diadema, it's D-I-A-D-E-M-A, Response Network. Uh, you can Google it and you'll see the the page. I think it's the first page that comes up in the Google um, search field. Um, it's hosted uh, by the Atlantic Gulf uh, Rapid Reef Assessment Program, which is a program that has been going on for decades. Um, uh, the program director, I think, is uh, Patricia Kramer, uh, based in Florida. And uh, 
The scientific coordinator is uh, Judith Lang, who's also a, a, a friend of mine who I've worked with uh, over the years. And these are top-notch scientists that have been doing work in the Caribbean for decades, or over 40 years, if not longer. And they, they are perfectly... Um, they know the reefs around the region. They have the, they, they, they have a one uh, a very wide network. Um, most of the practitioners or uh, persons who conduct surveys have been trained by these uh, guys. And we are a network of scientists from uh, multiple islands uh, who've uh, had uh, years of experience not only in diadema but in coral reef uh, science. And uh, some of us are based on uh, in uh, on in Puerto Rico. In Florida, um, as I mentioned before, Saint Eustatius and Seva, uh, which is in the Dutch Caribbean, uh, as well as Jamaica, there, there, there are a lot of people across the, the, the region who are uh, involved in this. And the type of work that we're doing now is we're focused on developing uh, protocols for sampling. Excuse me. Which, uh, well, well, protocols for sampling as well as developing a, a simple survey method that the average person can go out and do, which is you just get in the water and um, using the, the various symptoms. There, there, sorry, there are three classes uh, of, 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 of how we describe the diadema, three stages of the disease progression. We have healthy, sick, and then dead. And then if I can find that description just to get the listeners to know. So for uh, a healthy urchin, um, urchins, as I mentioned before, the long-spined uh, sea urchins, black ones, are are usually just uh, chilling out on the reef. And uh, usually their, their, their spines, if you uh, uh, approach them a little bit, they, they kind of point their spines towards you because they think uh, you, you're, you're a predator. And then we have, they, they use special... Uh, feet or what we call uh, tube feet to attach themselves to the to the to, to the sub, to the reef so that the current doesn't really push them aside so what uh, you will notice for a sick urchin is that there there, there are several signs or stages um, but the, that the illness uh, occurs over time and some of these signs uh, uh, but, but the disease progresses very rapidly so when the the urchin first um, starts to show signs of, of 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 the illness of the of the disease, they will die within uh, one to two days. So it's a very quick uh, uh, progression. So some urchins, oh, wow. yeah, it's a very quick, uh, very quick death, unfortunately. So you will be swimming on the reef, and then you will notice that they usually these urchins during the daytime are are hidden in the in the crevices of the reef in the holes but if you see urchins that are like just lying on the sand not upright swaying with the current uh, something is definitely wrong those are usually uh sick urchins and then so when the yeah. urchins die do they lose their spines yes exactly so at somewhere along in the in the progression they start to lose when they start to get sick they start to show one of the symptoms of being sick is that they lose, um, they start to lose their spines. They start to get droopy spines. So the spines start to not be as responsive as well as the, some of the, the spines will fall off uh, closer to the end of when they're about to die, unfortunately. That's very sad. <laughs> yes, it is. 
um, yeah, and in addition to that, they will also have um, lesions on their on their on their body. So almost like a a, a very bad sore, uh, open wounds on their body, exposing their uh, their skeleton. So for the black sea urchins, are there any color changes accompanied to their deterioration? Uh, so the only color change you would notice is the so the the tissue that um, kind of is on the test or the skeleton of the the urchin it 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 essentially starts to slough off off of the skeleton so you will start to see white patches uh, where the white patches along the urchin where the skeleton is exposed so it's essentially their tissue sort of melting off of their their body unfortunately yes and some persons go to the beach and they what they find is dead sea urchin shells and they're not exactly sure what exactly they're picking up and how detrimental it is so my follow-up question is like we're doing this podcast and regular people might be listening so what can they do to help the Diadema Response Network in what they're doing? What part can they play in this? Yes, so um, the normal everyday person, if you, whenever you go to the beach and you're, you're swimming around, you can, if, if, if there are those people who like to go snorkeling, you know, um, you put on your mask, you get your snorkel and you put on your fins and you jump in and you're swimming around and you observe, um, dead urchins in the water or sick urchins uh, as i mentioned before just urchins um kind of being pushed around on the current not not hidden inside of the reef uh, usually during the daytime they're usually hidden inside the reef and um so if you're snorkeling and you see an urchin out on on the sand somewhere and the the water is just pushing it around that's a sign that uh, something is wrong so what you can do is you contact your local um science organization or a local NGO that um, conducts uh, surveys. I know in Jamaica, it, it would be either the Discovery Bay Marine Lab or the Port Royal uh, Marine Lab. You can, you can contact your nature organization on your island and let them know that you, that you observe uh, some urchins uh, dying off or some dead urchins. And as I mentioned before, you can use the pictures on the diad on the diadema response uh, networks page to become familiar with the the various stages of what a dead urchin looks like and to also uh, determine be able to determine the different types of urchins we have a lot of information there on the diadema response uh, network page that can help you with that yeah and just as i mentioned you can also we all when you see that you can also enter complete a uh, survey on the on the diadema response network page where you can give a rough esti estimation of how many dead urchins healthy urchins or sick urchins that you saw and um uh, 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 we can also use it has a very cool map that you can use to um identify the location where you observe them and then you submit that and that will definitely help us to know uh where these urchins are dying off as well as if you see live urchins and no dead urchins at all, that is still a good sign that maybe the disease hasn't gotten there yet. So we still want to know where there are still pockets of healthy urchins. Well, now I'm glad that regular persons know that they can play a role as well. A simple role of observation when they're out and about swimming. 
so i think that's all the information that we need from you dr walters i'm so happy that you decided to stop by and talk with us and i'm sure a lot more persons know about the issues affecting the sea urchins and where they can go to get information and how they can help so thank you for stopping by and talking on the checkmate podcast we really appreciate it yes uh, thank you so much for having me uh, it, it means a lot to, to us that uh, such a, a, a wonderful program is happening uh, run by uh, young caribbean people uh to and, and I'm, I'm just really glad that you guys could you know care enough about the environment to to have this kind of um outreach on this very important topic so that the normal everyday person can learn and hear about it yes i'm happy that a lot of young persons are now interested in the climate crisis and climate advocacy overall yes exactly all right so thanks again dr walters for stopping by want to thank the listeners as well for listening to today's podcast for anyone who wants to follow us on twitter or at is at tenement yard or you can visit the website www.tenementyardmedia.com thank you You've just listened to Checkmate, a political podcast from Tenement Yard Media. We'd love your support to keep the show going. For as little as a dollar monthly on our Patreon at patreon.com slash tenementyardmedia, you can become a tenant and support us as we educate more people about West Indian politics, history, and sociology. That's patreon.com slash tenementyardmedia to pledge your monthly support or tenementyardmedia.com to make a one-time donation of your choice.